Hello and welcome to the Me and My Golf podcast. We're your hosts and PGA golf coaches, Piers Ward and Andy Proudman. Each week we're going to share with you our 20 plus years of coaching experience to bring you top tips, the latest information and trends, along with some of the world's best in the golf industry to help you play the best golf of your life. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it and help you take charge of your game. This is episode 25 and we have an amazing guest with us today. We all know that what we put in our bodies is important, but many of us don't make the right choices when it comes to food. Our guest today is a nutritionist and strength and conditioning specialist who works with top golfers and athletes. We talk about timings of eating for optimal performance and the important things to look for when choosing the right foods. This guy really knows his stuff, so without further ado, please welcome Robert Yang to the podcast. So Robert, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here at the World Golf Fitness Summit and you know, just getting together with a group of people who, from all sorts of different sort of backgrounds, you know, yourself yep. being strength and conditioning coach and nutritionist, a lot of medical professionals here, golf pros, all sort of doing the job of trying to help people play better on the golf course. Absolutely, yeah, we get uh, everybody from every aspect of uh, every industry. Yep. So, we've done some stuff with you previously and um, I think, Pierce, Robert's a, a guy who walks his talk, isn't he? He's very much, um, he embodies yeah, don't, don't, health, the health fitness, doesn't don't he? Don't bother looking at his Instagram account because he'll just make you feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that, that's, what I lo- that's what I love about Robert. He, he's obviously you know, trying to talk about health and fitness and performance, but he doesn't just talk about that, it's sort of you live it as well, which is really important to yourself. Right, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to be an uh, example, obviously. I want to walk the talk. Um, but at the same time, it's also, uh, experimentation too. So I'm constantly, you know, experimenting in, in college, uh, at the university, you know, experimenting with lab rats and injecting with hormones and things of that sort. And it, uh, it was kind, it was quite eye-opening when you see the effects of these things. And so it's sort of like your own, your, I'm my own little rat lab rat, you know? <laughs> so obviously I've got to do some things with myself and then I can start to, Look at the research and uh, and then start to apply it to players and uh, other clients and athletes. So, obviously, we're going to talk about nutrition today. Something obviously that you're all really passionate about. Um, nutrition for golfers. Let's talk about why why do you think golfers don't prioritize nutrition? I think it's something mm. that they they neglect a lot of, don't they? They obviously very right. they were very hard on their golf swing mm. and, and things like that, but yeah. nutrition tends to get sort of pushed back and right. know, it goes out the window, doesn't it? But it's equally yeah. as important as that, that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, uh, I think it's partly obviously lifestyle. You know, sometimes for some people it's very difficult to change their eating habits. And uh, I mean, from my perspective, obviously I'm biased because I'm a nutritionist, but I think it's sometimes even more important sometimes than going out on the course and hitting 50 balls or 100 balls uh, because it can affect you from every aspect in terms of your hormones and affecting your cognition and affecting your recovery uh, from playing golf or if you're you know, exercising madly to try to increase your strength to hit the ball further, um, it has a huge impact on your ability to recover from exercise. And, and when obviously when golfers get out on the golf course and they are and they have poor nutrition they have poor mm. habits what sort right. of what sort of problems are they going to experience when they're out there as a yeah. result yeah so i would say uh, most often complaints that i see typically are low energy 
So they say, oh, I played great the, the first couple holes, and then they start to fade, you know, back nine. Um, they often sometimes get cramping. Um, if it's obviously a, a very hot environment, they're sweating a lot, uh, maybe they're not hydrating properly. Um, one of the common things is people talk about, and this is more clinical experience talking to elite players as well as some amateur players, is they start to lose distance uh, as they go on. So they're getting tired, but they're also their distance is dropping off, which obviously we want them to not see that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know, it, 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 it is absolutely, because when we, as golf coaches, when we speak to someone about improving their performance, they say, oh, well, I'm, I'm driving bad. And then you go, okay, well, you're driving bad, okay. Well, and you tell me when you're driving bad. And then right. you, and you're absolutely right. You know, you, with a lot of golfers, it'll be, well, you know, yeah, I had a big slice on number 14, and then I, I pulled it on 15, and then 17, I, I, I hit it really low out the heel, and it didn't go anywhere. Okay, well, you just named three holes in the last six <laughs> holes, pretty much five right. holes. You know, do you think there might be something to this? And I think one of the big pet peeves that I have about golfers and nutrition and how bad it is. It's not so much what they've ate on the golf course, it's actually what they've ate in between that as well. So if you think about a golfer yep. that tees off at 7.30 in the morning, did you have any breakfast? Right. No. And they had a Mars bar halfway around. So it's right. like, hang on a bit. So you haven't eaten, you've, you've fasted all night, yep. and then you're not having any breakfast, and then the first meal you're having is a chocolate bar with a with a, maybe a sports drink halfway around. Right. How on earth do you think <laughs> that you can perform on that? And then somebody finishes work at five o'clock, works, bombs it straight to the golf course, plays 18 mm -hmm. holes. When was the last time you ate? One o'clock. Right. It's now nine o'clock, and they've, they're, they're having their next meal, yep. having done a physical activity in the meantime. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that is a perfect example of what you'll see with a lot of players. You know, they don't, there's no sort of connection in terms of, okay, I haven't eaten anything, or maybe, you know, that chocolate bar, the Snickers bar wasn't so good. They just think, why am I so tired? You know, they ask that question. And when you talk about, you know, they wake up and they haven't eaten anything, and then they go on the course and they have maybe a chocolate bar and a sports drink where, you know, part of the biggest, uh, principle I'm trying to get across to a lot of players is you've got to eat breakfast you know it's breaking the fast that's breakfast and you know our mom was all right grandma was right you, you got to eat breakfast on the big day of your test or your sporting event or whatever <laughs> that is right it's like oh here here you know you need to eat a big breakfast and it's so true and, and research does prove that and that's what I try to do in my book is to provide the research and so in particular, what we're talking about, researchers call it the second meal phenomenon. So basically what that means to all the listeners is that when you eat breakfast, when you don't eat breakfast, your blood glucose control after lunch is much better. So even if you have breakfast at seven o'clock, they've shown through research that the groups that eat breakfast have better blood sugar control after lunch, which is four to five hours later. So that's really key to especially players that are on the course for four to five hours. And it can make a massive difference in terms of how they feel, their brain. Most, a lot of people complain of brain fog. Oh, I kind of just feel kind of hazy all day. You know, that, that'll clear up. Um, and also, um, you know, just overall, just their well-being on the course. So when people end up hitting a bad shot, they're cussing, they're pissed off. And instead of being pissed off for five holes, they might be pissed off for just walking to the next shot because their blood sugar's level. And I, and I just simply, it's a simple example of you just bringing up a two-year-old that hasn't had a snack for three hours. You're gonna know about it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna know about it, right? Exactly. And so we're not much different than a two-year-old. If we don't have a snack, our blood sugar starts dropping, 
we're going to be pretty irritable. You hit a bad shot, you're going to be that much more irritable. So I think part of the problem is, <laughs> is you know, the education as well. And I think for, for guys who are, let's say, uh, very much into a living a healthy lifestyle, it's part of their life, they, they, you know, they, they focus on eating the right foods. For the guys who maybe neglect that side of things a little bit, but know they need to eat better, they haven't right. necessarily... Um, they don't know what to eat. They're like, well, I'm, mm. I'm not really sure what to eat. What do I have for breakfast? Do I have cereal? Do I have, you know, bacon? Do I have eggs? What, you know, what is a good breakfast for me to have? And, and what are the good things to eat on the golf course? So I think it'd be great to go through, um, let's say, a typical day in terms of sure. if somebody was going on the golf course. What would they? What would be a good thing to eat prior to going out? Maybe timings on that. Right. And then some some simple things on the golf course and even after the golf course we know that's important as well. Right. 100% I'm going to say to yeah. you the same question afterwards but what's the bad things that people do eat? <laughs> so I'll let you do the good things first. Alright we'll talk about the good the stuff first after. and then we'll talk about the bad stuff. I'm not sure about you Pete but nobody has to tell me twice to eat breakfast. Well I would say to start off the day um, for, for me it would be hydration. That's the base and foundation for um, everything from hormone balance to eventually blood sugar control. So my normal recommendation for total water take for a player is half their body weight ounces total for the day. So if we're talking about, let's say, just to, to get easy math, so a 200 pound player, so 100 ounces would be their total intake for the day. So when they wake up at six in the morning and they're gonna tee off, let's say at 7.30, six o'clock in the morning, they should be 25 ounces. So 25% of intake first thing in the morning. So they should, whether it's by the, toilet, the bathroom, the bedside, whatever, they should have that water and they should be chugging that right away. Um, because just like we talked about, they haven't had any food, they haven't had any water either. So that's why, you know, a lot of people like to weigh themselves in the morning, they weigh a few pounds lighter, they haven't consumed anything, right? So in that sense, they have to hydrate properly first because that's going to start the whole process of decreasing brain fog, increasing energy, um, water to the brain and so forth. And then when they have their breakfast, um, like I said, you want to have the breakfast, and then the other part of it is, you know, people talk about, oh, I'm going to go see my BFF or my BFF here, and what I say to people is your BFF for blood sugar control is PFF. So super easy. Think BFF, think PFF. Protein, fats, and fiber. So Andy, you alluded to, well, what do I eat? Do I eat cereal? Do I eat oatmeal? Do I eat bacon, eggs? So I would prefer that a player, for example, would just start the day off with let's say a whole egg omelet with some veggies thrown in there and then a couple pieces of bacon. And if they need some carbohydrates, maybe a little bit of fruit or half an apple. Um, then that way we know through research, protein, fats and fiber, they all have a flatlining effect on someone's blood sugar. So at that point, really, I mean, even if they were to, let's say, indulge in some bad stuff, right, on the course. They were to have a chocolate bar, even that. Don't let them, oh, don't let them. Right, <laughs> we won't let them, but if even if they do later on, it won't nearly impact them as badly as if they had a poor breakfast. That's how powerful starting off the day with a good, powerful PFF breakfast is. So that's where the second meal phenomenon will carry through, especially on the golf course. So that's where the PFF breakfast is so powerful, first so thing in the morning. The breakfast is key to get in because obviously what you're learning after that will more massively affect. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, obviously eating breakfast, but then also eating the right type of breakfast will really impact your blood sugar um, later in the day. Um, and then, you know, and, and this brings up a really good point. People say, well, when should I have breakfast? If I tee off at 7.30, should I eat at 
5.30, should I eat it? And that's a really individual thing. So with a lot of the elite players that I've worked with, we've had to work it out. I've had some players that eat 45 minutes before they start warming up. Um, others are like, Rob, I need at least an hour and 45 minutes. So we, then we, we do that. So um, that will be an individual um, and a little bit of experimentation. Um, and then what we want to do is once you start playing, we want to just maintain blood sugar. So. You know, we think of a roller coaster, right? And we think that's the fun thing. So we want to prevent that on the course because that's when people are going to get lower energy. They might feel lightheaded. If it blood sugar goes really low, they might feel shaky and want to faint. So we want to prevent that. So we want to continue that PFF principle. And so this is where your snacks are really important. So I would prefer people to plan, right? Because if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail, right? And so in your bag, I would say the easiest top three snacks to put in there would be something like a beef jerky. Um, easy to, to take with you, won't melt. Um, it's salty, tastes good. We'll talk about salt in a little bit. Um, and then nuts or seeds, those are great PFF foods, protein, fats, and fiber. Um, and then if you need an apple or you need a banana, then you add that in there together. Just quickly on the beef jerky, yeah. any particular sauce? Because I know there's lots of different styles out there, lots of different makes out there. Yeah. Any that you should have or shouldn't have? I mean, I, I, if, if possible, try to find a beef jerky that has uh, you know minimum sugar, obviously, and then um, if you can avoid gluten, but sometimes that's not always possible. But um, you know, the reason why I like beef jerky so much is because it's just dehydrated beef or turkey jerky or elk jerky, whatever that is. And we know with animal protein, it has a high amount of amino acids. And with amino acids, they're very, very important for the production of what we refer to as neurotransmitters. So for the listeners, it just means that it's your brain hormones. And so the more that we can optimize that, the more you'll feel, oh, I'm not getting tired. Or, oh, wow, my mood is really good. Even though I didn't hit such a good shot, mm -hmm. okay, I can make it up on the next one. You know, so all that sort of adds up over a period of time um, as you maintain those principles. So, um, what about hydration on the golf course? So, 25% of, of that body yeah. weight before you get on the golf course. Correct. And then during the round, or yeah, during the round of golf, how often should somebody be drinking? Yeah. And will this vary depending on? I mean, we're in the states at the moment. Right. The majority of golf is played in a golf cart. Whereas back in, in the UK, mm -hmm. a lot of golfers are walking around with their trolley or actually carrying their bag. Right. How different does that Yeah, uh, yeah that, no, it's, it's a great point that you bring up. Um, my general rule of thumb is your 50% of your total intake should be during the round. So using the 100, uh, 200 pound player, you have 100 ounces for the day. So 25% is already gone. You've consumed that before you've even eaten breakfast. Uh, 50 ounces should be packed in your bag or you have some kind of canteen that you can fill up you know, a liter twice on the course. Um, what's critical to, to, to add in there is that you should add one pinch of unrefined sea salt because um, especially on the days where it's hot and humid, you're sweating so you're losing electrolytes and the primary electrolyte you're actually losing is salt. So just adding a pinch of unrefined sea salt will help a tremendous amount to get your electrolytes in. Without all the, the sugar and the color dyes and all the funky other stuff that you get in um, sports drinks. Um, but yeah, if you have individuals that are having to you know carry trolley or carry their bag, and one way that I, I, I say to monitor their 
their water losses to weigh themselves before round and after. So those are their exerting walking the course. If they're losing, you know, two pounds or three pounds in a round, then I would say at that point, I would drink an extra cup per pound that's lost after yeah. the round. Yeah, even when you've consumed your 50 ounces for, for, the, uh, for the day or during the round. Yeah. Quick question here, just mm -hmm. as we go and sort of get again a few thoughts going through your mind. If you got to the golf course, you've had a nice breakfast, yep. but you've realized you've got nothing to eat in the bag. Yeah. What's the best thing to do? If there's only bad food available, let's say you go in the pro shop and right. you've only got chocolate bars, yeah. do you do you go for a chocolate bar or do you go with that? Wow, that, is that the one like where the gun is yeah. held to my head and I'm like, I gotta choose? It, it, you know what, it's just, it's, I think it's a situation a lot of guys are faced with and I know, you know, in some, right. certain situations when you're out and you, you think, oh, I, I haven't been able to plan and prep my food yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. but I'm really hungry, I wanna get yeah. some food in me. Right, I, w I would say this, and, and this is, um, you know, if you do forget, right, people are gonna forget their snacks for the course. Um, Okay, there's going to be chocolate bars, obviously, but if there's maybe hard-boiled eggs at the, you know, at the turn, or if there's even if there's hamburgers or hot dogs, do that. Just get the bun and throw it away. Get the hot dog, eat it. Eat the eat the hamburger. Um, get a cup of chicken salad or tuna salad um, at the turn. Um, even get you know sunflower seeds. Suck on those guys and eat the the, the sunflower seeds, um, and then you can have a chocolate bar. I'll try to avoid that question. <laughs> you ever tried eating fairway grass and rough grass? <laughs> well, it won't make you eat that. Grass they put some chemicals in there that make you grow. <laughs> there you go. Grass-fed humans, that's what it's all about. There you go. So, obviously, um, so that's obviously so far, it's hard work getting through this ideal day, isn't it? So, after you've played right. your game, yes. what, what are we thinking? What do we yeah. need then for so recovery? So, I would say, um, you know, the, the point, you, Andy, you brought up about, you know, a player who's riding a golf course, right? Um, obviously, they're not going to be spending as many calories, they're not burning as many <coughs> carbohydrates uh, versus, you know, uh, a player that's going to be carrying their bag and walking the whole course with the trolley. Um, I would say the person to walk in the whole course, they can have more carbohydrates after a workout. Okay. So we're talking about things like rice and potatoes, sweet potatoes, fruit, uh, things that will obviously elevate your blood sugar because we want to elevate the blood sugar somewhat after exercise or activity. Um, you know, for those guys, I would say a cup of rice or baked potato, steak, veggies, that's a perfect meal to have after. That way you have some carbohydrates as well as some protein available uh, in that what we call the post-exercise window. Yeah. Um, so that would be appropriate. Um, if someone is overweight, you know, and they're looking, okay, I gotta lose a few kilos, or I gotta use some pounds, then I would say with that person, I would stay with the PFF principle. Just stay with your protein, fats, and fiber um, after the round. Um, and that'll help to continue uh, your sort of journey for weight loss or body fat loss. Not quite as many of the carbs in there. Not really. quite as many of the carbs. And, that, and that's sort of the misconception is that, oh, well, golf is for four to five hours and I'm exercising, so I need lots of carbs. And what I find the biggest mistake is people overeat the carbs. And even within en endurance athletes, they still overdo the carbs because they think more is better, typically. Okay, that makes sense. Just quickly going back to the golf course again, just again, a couple of things going through my mind. Um, Protein shakes, happy, you know, is, is if you've got, you know, let's say a protein powder on the golf yep. course, is that a good thing for, for guys? I've seen a few guys that are doing that now more sure. and more on tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what are your thoughts on some of the protein bars that are available as mm -hmm. well? Yeah, I would say, um, if anything, probably a protein shake would probably be appropriate uh, for some of the guys just because it is in liquid, so it takes less digestion. Um, the key thing to know about the protein shakes is that if they give you 
that sort of bloated feeling in your stomach or you get the farts or you get a lot of belching, gas, things of that sort, then it's probably not ideal for you. It's, it's, it's messing with your digestion. Um, and then I would say with the, um, the, you know, the, the food bars, nutrition bars, I would err towards something like there's, you know, there's the beef jerky bars, like the epic bars that have cranberries and beef jerky in them. Um, try to just limit the sugars as much yeah. as you can. Um, one of the ones I would look for is maybe coconut. So anything with coconut um, fats or coconut uh, meats or things like that, that would be helpful. Uh, coconut has a different type of fat in it that actually helps boost energy uh, without uh, screwing with your blood sugar. So I think that would be a benefit if you were to go that route and choose low sugar as much as you can and something with coconut in it would be helpful. And if the guys are, let's say the guys are searching for food and looking at the food labels, is there mm. anything that they should be specifically, specifically looking at and things to avoid on there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, the nutrition facts are important to a certain degree because it obviously gives you the numbers and macros. Um, but you also want to look at the first three ingredients. So whatever the first three ingredients are after the ingredients, that's what's going to be most in the in the product. So obviously, if you see sugars in there or you see, you know, partially hydrogenated oils, then those are the things that you want to try to avoid. Um, for male, even for females, I would try to with the protein bars. I would definitely try to avoid the bars with soy protein isolate. Um, soy protein isolate is a very popular form of protein a protein source in the bars and shakes because it's easily available but if you look at some of the the the, the research on it they interesting is that they first came up with soy protein isolate when they were making soybean oil so they would compress the soybeans and then they get extract the oil and they're wondering what to do with the soybean paste that was left over and initially they were using it as binding for cardboard and then people thought hey we can use it as soy protein isolate. Ah. So for me, I would much rather, you know, because it has an impact on hormones to a certain degree, and some people eat a lot of bars and a lot of shakes, I would try to avoid the soy protein isolates for sure. There yeah. you go. So let, let's go to that scenario of the bad diet. Now I think, yes. let's not go extreme on this. Let's actually go with something that's right. actually some people might actually feel is a good thing to do because mm. of they've been told maybe through clever marketing mm -hmm. so maybe just go through an example of a of a breakfast a um, during round um, snack or I know we spoke about this a little bit and then a meal afterwards so what sort of bad examples have you got where people may actually think that it's actually good for you oh where they think it's good for yeah, you yeah, so oh, you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they think it's healthy they think it's healthy, healthy yeah, but yeah. it actually isn't yeah. we, we, okay. we, we can list the really bad stuff right, we know yeah, yeah, yeah. they, well, they thought, know they know they shouldn't be eating that. I thought, Pierce, <laughs> you wanted me to go through, well, what can they do at McDonald's? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, no, that's a great question. Um, I would say um, one of the most quote-unquote healthy foods people think they consume is cereal. Mm -hmm. Because they, they, you know, it's... Hang on a bit, it says on the box, we can eat it. Right, and it, and it says it's, 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 it's come, got from, it. it's got protein, it's got, it's from a whole grain, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and the thing with the, the whole grain bugs me because at one point, yes, it was a whole grain, <laughs> but when it gets onto your bowl and you've poured milk or almond milk, coconut milk, whatever it is you have on it, at that point, it's a completely different product. It's been crushed and grinded. It's been pressurized. It's been heated. So it's what they classify as an extrusion process. And scientifically, they've proven that once it goes through this extrusion process, the proteins in that grain are no longer um, 
recognizable okay. as in terms of what it was beforehand. So that's why um, I think that's one reason why I wouldn't want someone to have cereal. The other part of it is its blood sugar elevating effects. So literally you eat cereal and you're putting yourself on that roller coaster of blood sugar. And so oftentimes people have cereal thinking, and, you know, having good intentions, and then they wonder an hour on the course, and oh my God, I'm starving. Or, God, why am I so tired? It's because their blood sugar is starting to drop off. They've crashed. Yeah, they're, they're crashing. So that is one of the key things where we want to avoid that. And, and I work with plenty of juniors as well, and so I said, you know, I understand the cereal thing. I mean, I love cereal. I love Captain Crunch when I was growing up a kid, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But if you can get your kids at least to have a couple pieces of bacon and then maybe a scrambled egg, okay, and then have your cereal. You know, at least you do that, then you mix it up, and then you won't have that big, huge, you know, peak and valley of your blood sugar. So I would say that's probably the number one kind of mistake that people make uh, in terms of the, um, the uh, cereals uh, for breakfast. And then the other one would be on the course, as they transition the course, is the uh, sports drinks. Yeah. So wh whether it, I don't, it could be, but basically we're talking about high sugar drinks. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously that's going to continue putting you on that roller coaster all the time. And um, you know you do it enough for four to five hours. I mean I've seen kids and adults drink you know three 12 ounce bottles easily. You know especially on a hot day because they're supposed to be quote unquote hydrating themselves. Mm -hmm. The the issue is that one there's not nearly enough electrolytes that in there to really make a huge difference. Um, and then you're getting whopping low sugar. So any 12 ounce uh, bottle of, of sports drink uh, Gatorade is gonna have nine teaspoons of sugar. And so that's a lot of sugar. And that depresses the immune system. Um, it's bad for your teeth. Um, it creates lots of inflammation with, especially our older players, we wanna decrease inflammation as much as possible. Um, so, you know, Marketing obviously helps with that when you have athletes sweating out green stuff and red stuff and blue stuff. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it seems to be healthy. It seems like, oh, I need lots of the sugar to fuel my game. But again, if you just go with PFF first thing in the morning, that really will help make you feel like you have more energy and sustain your energy level throughout the round. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we still just do a lot of junior coaching. It's interesting, you, you said at the beginning there about, you know, we can get some let's get some scrambled eggs and some bacon and then we can put the cereal in maybe but, right right but one exactly. thing that we always used to do is we used to say to our juniors you know we, we get them to keep these food diaries and you look at it and the parents would be like really really saying come on please help me please help right, me my right. child won't eat properly <laughs> at all yeah and we would always try and go along the lines of you know take one thing out and put one thing in you know so yeah, try and find a, a supplement for that and i think you know yeah. with the the stuff that definitely is some of the stuff that you mentioned in your book as well you know there's, there's, and with your expertise if people could actually look a little bit more about what they did put into their bodies at whatever age, whether it's a junior right. golf, I mean, that's just the great age to start because it can hopefully help them oh, for the yeah. rest of their life. Absolutely. But if they actually really look at that, I think they could really find that their performance could, could go to different levels without them even really thinking about it. No, even, absolutely. Even just feeling yeah. better as well. I think that's just, right. you know, we all know if you're on the golf course <laughs> and you are feeling better, yeah. you generally play better. And I think for a lot of the guys who listen to this, who may, they, a lot of the guys know they need to eat better, they need to look after themselves, right. they need to get into good habits. But the problem is, I think, as you know as well, Robert, that you know, your eating habits, they are habits and you've got into that pattern of, of what you do. Right. And I think for the guys who are listening to this, they think, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to drink this, I've got to get this breakfast, I've got to do this. It's quite overwhelming, isn't it? There's a lot of things to, 
to if you have to change everything at once, it's quite hard. If you had to to say to the, the guys who are listening this, if they had to change one thing only that they were going to do, yep. what would that one thing be? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say hands down will be water. So. Uh, just a quick story. I had one gentleman who was seeing me as a client, and he—I mean, he was—he was quite overweight. He was about 250 pounds. So his, you know, do the math: 125 ounces of water a day. The problem is, this guy would drink uh, super big gulps, two of them every day. So I think—I think it ends up being over 100 ounces of diet coke every day. So he's obviously looking at me with huge eyeballs, going, "What? You want me to drink 125 ounces of water a day?" I'm like, "Yes." I said, "But." Okay, as long as you finish your intake, 125 ounces of water, okay, you can drink as much cycle as you want. You can drink three super big goals if you want. He goes, oh, deal, done, deal. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. You're a negotiator. I'm a total negotiator. I will put my hat and I will negotiate as much as I can. And so, you know, as, as the weeks went by, I said, hey, how's it going? He goes, oh, I'm doing great with the water, um, but I just stopped drinking Diet Coke. And I said, no, 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 I, I want you, if you want it, Drink it. Go ahead. I, I, I give you full permission. No judgment at all. He goes, no. He goes, the other day I went into 7-Eleven and I, and I went to go get a super pickle. And I got it and I was all happy and I started drinking. I was like, oh, this is horrible. And so, you know, like, I don't know if you remember, as a kid, like when I used to drink soda, sometimes they would run out of the syrup of the, of the soda machines and then you just get the carbonated water. And you're like, oh, wow, this tastes horrible. So he thought that they ran out of syrup. So he threw it away, went and cracked open a regular can of Diet Coke, and he sit and drank it. He said, oh my God, this is disgusting. Same thing. So I tell people, look, you know how you said, um, Pierre says, oh, let's put it, take away one bad thing and put in a good thing. I just say, let's put in the good thing. So get in the water first, and what ended up happening for this gentleman was that once he was fully hydrated, it completely changed his taste buds, and he didn't want anything that was sweet, or had bubbles in it. That's my two signs that if someone wants something sweet to drink or has bubbles, then they're already in a dehydrated state. Yeah. Robert is hands down a better negotiator. So. Yeah. <laughs> you would have said, just have the water. Yeah, that's I, it. Was like, I was mean straight away. <laughs> so, so I would say hands down, it would be the hydration process. You know, it, if, you know it's, it's, it's some of your listeners that only drink one cup, two cups a day. Um, the other part of it is, let's say you know you drink close to half your body weight ounces of water, and you're saying, well, what's one thing? I would say, if there's one thing you could do, it would be to eat breakfast and to do PFF. Even if you're not hungry, just going with a hard-boiled egg and maybe half an apple. Um, another quick story. I had a player who was in Los Angeles, and he made an appointment with me. I said, look, I can't see you for probably four weeks, five weeks. He said, that's fine, I want to make the appointment. I said, that's fine. So he had some shoulder issues. And I said, okay, well, in the meantime, I can't see you, but let's sort out your water and let's change your breakfast, because he didn't eat breakfast. And so he ate a hard-boiled egg and had an apple every morning. This guy was like a trader, okay? So I, he comes to my office and he goes, hey, Robert, glad to see you. I was like, great to see you, okay. Um, I think you, we, we have to assess your shoulder because you had some shoulder pain. He goes, yeah, I don't have shoulder pain. I go, but didn't you call me and we discussed on the phone that you were having shoulder problems? He goes, yeah, I had some shoulder problems. It wasn't major, but I was having pain. And he goes, well, after two weeks of you telling me you breakfast, my shoulder pain went away. And I was like, well, who'd you go see? He goes, I didn't see anybody. I just wanted to go see Hugh. And I go, but what'd you do? He goes, I just ate the hard-boiled egg and the apple. 
And so this has happened several times, um, dozens of times actually, with people that if you eat the breakfast, what ends up happening, you start changing the physiology of the body, you start changing hormones, and then you free up other hormones to do their job. So in particular, I'm talking about cortisol, which helps you deal with inflammation. So now that I've actually had him stabilize his blood sugar accordingly, the cortisol is there to do other things like deal with inflammation of his shoulder. And so that's more obviously not hard, hard science, but more clinical experience. But I've seen that in a number of cases um, with musculoskeletal injuries or the other one would be sleep issues where we just change your breakfast and they're like, I don't know what you did or why this is happening, but I'm able to actually kind of sleep through the night four to five times a week, which is waking up at three o'clock every single morning. It just shows you, doesn't yeah. it? So it's kind of like functional medicine, isn't it? There's a lot of talk about functional medicine Absolutely. now, the food you put right. in your body. You don't need the, uh, the majority of the drugs that you're being prescribed. Absolutely. You don't need them, you know, yeah. but if you actually just look to how you eat, right. it's amazing how well you can feel. I know that me yeah. and myself and Andy, we travel a lot and we do have challenges, obviously, when, you, when we're traveling. So we always make right. sure that we, as, as often as we can, is not stay in a hotel. You know, we'll book a house as much right. as we can so that we can actually cook our own food and what yeah. have you. But it's inevitable when you do have, it's inevitable, I shouldn't say this, he's gonna, he's gonna judge us now, Andy. When we do travel, Pierce, moving Pierce, to the side no, of the room. No judgment. <laughs> I'm running to the other side of the room. <laughs> but when, when, we, when we do eat things which aren't great for you, it, you just feel so different. And I right. think you can only truly appreciate the power of what you're doing until you give it a try. Right. And then you see the yeah. difference in how yeah. your body feels and how yeah. you feel about your life. And it's, Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that's, that's a really good point you bring up. I think it's a valid point that you do go, and I think the first time that when you guys were out near my studio in San Diego, in Encinitas, you guys, well, we're gonna go hit up In-N-Out. But, but, you know, ignore that. You didn't hear that from us. And, and, and who knows, you, maybe you felt bad, maybe you didn't, but if you do feel bad, it actually is sort of a good thing because then you get some experience going, holy cow. I mean, it tasted good, but maybe I won't do that so often because you feel so horrible. You know, yeah. or, you know, one thing I try to do with a lot of my elite players is, look, I don't mind you having the burger or pizza or whatever. I just want you to do it after the tournament. Do it on the Sunday night once you're done. I don't want you to do it on the Saturday night and then feel bloated and low energy when you gotta be at your best, you know? And so it's it's not about being perfect with your eating, but you know, 80-20 rule, yeah. um, you can do that and you'll do just fine. Yeah. It's amazing how he remembers that, isn't he? That in that burger. I didn't actually like oh, yeah. it, by the way. <laughs> I've had one since, so. <laughs> the idea is definitely better than what, you know, what it actually tastes like after, I think. And yeah. like I say, it just makes you feel totally different if you're used yeah. to just continuously eating. And I think right. something myself and Piers have sort of continuously tried to, to get better at over the years, and it's certainly changed for us, just good habits, you know. Even after listening to you speak yesterday, Robert, I mean, this morning I was straight in the fridge, water out, and it, you Good know, man. it was even that just <laughs> had did, a, yes, a positive influence, and uh, it's something that just refocuses your mind, and ultimately, if you can feel better and move better and perform better, absolutely, and give yourself a little bit of an edge over your playing partners on a weekend. You know, why not just have a little bit of a focus and shift the focus onto nutrition and be a little bit more prepared as opposed to just right. getting out of the car, getting you know, and just going to the yep. golf course with nothing. Yeah. It's, gonna it's, not, it's not that hard really, not is hard. it? Once you get used to it and you right, can get into right. that routine, it's all right. about routines. But yeah. It, you know, it's yeah, I think it, it, it's just like you just say, get in a routine, get in the habit, you know, getting your water in the morning. I mean, it's just like you getting your coffee, you know, prepared, you know. Like, I love espresso, but I always will drink my liter of water first. Yeah. And then I'll get that. Um, and if you just do that, it just becomes part of your daily routine and then it's just had a habit, exactly. you know, and it's a great habit. Yeah. Superb. So, so you. 
Oh, no, Karen, please. Yeah, I was, I was just going to help promote his book. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do the same. So, you have a book which is just coming out right yes. now. What is this about, if we yes. don't know already? <laughs> well, the title is Hole in One Nutrition, A Guide to Better Golf. And so, um, yeah, just finished it uh, last week. And so it's available Exciting. on Amazon, uh, either Kindle, or you can get your print copy as well. Yep. I've got it on my phone, ready to read this. Uh -huh. Chance the last couple of weeks have been crazy, but I'm definitely going to be. And what can the guys expect to be in this book in terms of? Yeah, uh, so what, let me alluded to it a, a little bit. Uh, it's hole-in-one nutrition food pyramid. And so the bottom tier is water, middle tier is whole foods. And we talked about the PFF principle, breakfast, how important that is. And then the top tier are probably five of the supplements that I use most often with my players that I found to be very effective. Um, things such as probiotics, fish oils, uh, vitamin D, uh, magnesium, as well as branch amino acids. So it gives you the whole gamut. And I really, what I wanted to try to do is go from my experience working with amateur players to a lot of the elite players and some of the things they were struggling with you know so for example in some of the FAQ sections I go through you know uh, 36 whole days for collegiate players you know Rob what do I do like I get a, a sandwich with like no meat and cheese and then cookies and crackers and, and a soda like what do I do so I try to give them advice on what to do um, you know some of the things people come against with hydration with man I'm just drinking so much water but I'm peeing like a racehorse you know so I try to really address a lot of specific questions that I know players will probably come against or have in their mind um, as they're reading it and um, one of the cool things that I'm really um, excited about is there's little um, geek moments so there's a little golf ball with little glasses a geek guy and so if you're really into the science part of it I put these little sidebars geek moments um, in there so that if you wanted the more scientific part of it you can read it but you don't have to read it and you can get the you know the, the major points of the book without reading that Brilliant. and we can find it on Amazon you can find it on Amazon we'll put the link in yeah. on our website Chris, so people yes. can go and check it out I'm looking forward to uh, getting stuck into it yeah, yeah, as well yeah. so um, yeah looking forward to reading that there was one more question but I've completely forgot what it was hmm. Oh, yeah, actually, we'll, yeah, we'll finish on this one. So on the podcast, we normally finish with a quote. Do you have any quotes that actually you, you do have a quote that you always sign up with? There, you can't, you can't not yes. finish with that, can you? There we go. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen. And until next time, eat well to feel well. Cheers, Robert. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Robert. Thank you.